Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here with you on this wonderful Wednesday. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined in studio by Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News. Coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, we'll be joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. We'll also be joined in studio in the 4 o'clock hour by former All-Pro right tackle Mitchell Schwartz. We have a very busy next three days planned as we get you ready for a sixth consecutive AFC championship game involving the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a lot of stuff to get into, but before we do any of it, Time on the drive. Carrington, dial me up right now. Caller number six to 913-586-7610. They win a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella with all organic tomato sauce, plus fresh ingredients that are all locally grown, made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. So whether you're in the mood for maybe a slice or two, or you want that whole pie, be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to the drive each day at two o'clock. And you know what I need you to do? I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends, but if you want some of the best pizza in Kansas City, then you know where you can get it right here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined in studio by Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News. So I did a couple of hits in other cities today in preparation for the AFC championship game. So I want to bring back to you some of what people outside of Kansas City are talking about. And I also want to play for you a clip from Colin Cowherd. I am a big believer that at some point in the postseason, you are going to have to overcome your fears or overcome your weakness in order to advance. If you're the Buffalo Bills, it was always going to be Kansas City. And if you wanted to get to the Super Bowl, you were going to have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and eliminate them. And we saw what happened last week. If you are Kansas City, people outside of this area still have serious questions about your offense and the consistency of your offense. You are now going up against the number one scoring defense in the National Football League. If you want to prove all of the doubters wrong, it is about playing one more game, a strong 60 minutes, and continuing to maintain the formula that has gotten you here. 
You guys know what I'm going to say. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, and less of everything else. The Chiefs have implemented that in their last two games. They have had two of their better offensive games because of it. They have really leaned into the run game with Isaiah Pacheco, who has 39 carries in his last two games. Rasheed Rice had 130 yards receiving in their first postseason game against the Miami Dolphins. And Travis Kelsey had his best game in almost three months on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. If this team is going to get back to the Super Bowl, they are going to have to overcome the questions about their offense and being consistent. There's no reason to question Kansas City's defense. They were number two this season. We have seen their defense go up against almost every high-powered offense in the National Football League, and they have been able to stand toe-to-toe and really show that they are one of the superior units in the National Football League. The question that people have coming into this is about the offense. It's about Travis Kelsey and him not having a 1,000 yards this season. It's about Joe Tooney potentially being out for this game, and can they run the football? It is about Willie Gay and his possible injury, but it seems like it is trending in the right direction. Those are some of the things that I was asked earlier today when talking about this game. I want to play for you guys what Colin Cowherd had to say, who is picking the Ravens to win this game. Here is what he said. 26-20, 27-20. That's kind of what I think. But I, I do think Baltimore is just absolutely proven to be a better team all year long. All year long. And I yeah. think we're overvaluing to some degree the win over Buffalo and Miami, where they were both completely injury riddled on the defensive side, which made the offense look more engaged and more fluid than it actually is. I don't think anything has changed with Kansas City's offense. I think Kansas City's offense has started to limit some of the mistakes that they were making over the course of the season. But I think this offense is almost the same. I think they've pared it down a little bit because of injuries. Kadarius Toney hasn't played in the last couple of games. Sky Moore is on the injured list. So I think there are less mouths to feed. But I think for the most part, Kansas City's offense is very similar, and they have leaned into what they do incredibly well, and they have embraced their identity this season. This is a different kind of Chiefs team than we are used to. They're going to have to grind victories out the way that they did in the cold a couple of weeks ago against Miami or like they did last week against the Buffalo Bills. But this team is certainly more than capable of being able to grind it out against a team like the Baltimore Ravens. But Rob, it's not going to be easy. Baltimore this season played 10 games against playoff teams. They gave up 164 points in those 10 games. You can do the average. This is a defense that is number one against the scoring defense and has played incredibly well, whether it's at home, on the road, in the division. Their defense has remained constant this entire season. If Kansas City is going to get back to the Super Bowl, it's going to be maintaining the formula that we've seen them do in the first two games of the postseason. Relying on Isaiah Pacheco and being balanced offensively and running the football effectively. If you want to find a weakness on Baltimore's defense, you can run against them. This was not a top-flight rush defense. They were great against the pass. They were not a great run defense. You can run the football against the Baltimore Ravens. Are you going to be able to maintain that and not lose sight of what kind of offense that you are and continue to maintain that discipline for a full four quarters? 
but I'm looking at this Baltimore team. They gave up some big points this year. Teams were able to move the ball and score against them. The thing that Baltimore's defense does really well, they were number one in turnovers. They forced 31 turnovers this year. Their defense is fast. Their defense is opportunistic, and they are going to look to take the ball away. Can Kansas City continue to run the football? Are they going to limit the mistakes and limit the turnovers? Baltimore's punch, I think we've seen, is as good as any punch we've seen in the National Football League. They're going to throw a haymaker at some point in this fight. Kansas City, I would say, as well as any team that we have seen over the course of the last four or five years, they have been able to withstand that punch, and they've been able to deliver their own punch, and they've been able to stand in the ring toe-to-toe with just about anybody, whether it's Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, whomever it's been. At some point, Baltimore is going to run, so to speak. Lamar is going to make a big play. Zay Flowers is going to make a big play. Mark Andrews is coming back for the first game since week 11. Baltimore is going to make some play in this game. Is Kansas City going to remain balanced? Is Kansas City going to remain disciplined? Are they going to stay committed to the run? And are they going to be able to protect the football? If we are looking at some early keys to this game against the Baltimore Ravens, that's what I'm looking at based off what I've seen this season with the Baltimore Ravens and based on what I'm hearing about the Baltimore Ravens over the course of this week. I know that I come off often on this show as the Chiefs hater. No, you are. I, I get that. I come off that way. It's fine. I don't know that I disagree with Cowherd's opinion all that much. This is the most difficult challenge the Chiefs will have faced this postseason, period. Going into the Miami game, you, me, everyone in the world kind of felt like Miami's a paper tiger. The conversation was, can Tua do it on the road? Can Tua do it in the cold? And if you'll remember, they were a beat-up team. The Chiefs were the favorite. I felt like it. You felt like it. The Chiefs were the better team. Going into the Bills game, I know they're on the road. I know they're a dog. Me and you were both picking the Chiefs because they were a health and rest advantage. The Bills starting linebacker core was talking unemployment week 16 this year. Like, it's a different animal. This is a different beast. Baltimore is healthy. Baltimore is rested. And Baltimore has shown you over the course of the season, they are that team. They went on the road and beat a team that you thought was the best in the NFL at the time, and they handled business against the Niners in that game. I don't know I agree with Coward's pick for the game. I don't know I agree with his score for the game. But what I do agree with is this is the toughest challenge this Chiefs team has faced in this postseason, and they are running into a different type of beast. There is no, hey, we can circle the weakness pretty easily the way we could for Buffalo, and there are no ghosts of the past where there were for Buffalo. There's no, hey, can they do it in the elements the way there was for Miami. Baltimore is as rock steady as any team in the NFL, and the Chiefs running up against the best competition they faced. And that's why I'm a big believer that at some point in the postseason, you have to overcome those things. I would say the Chiefs' biggest weakness this year, their fatal flaw has been offensive consistency. Their defense has been solid the entire year. Their offense has been up and down. We've seen some games this year where they've looked like the Chiefs' offense of old. We have seen some games where they have pretty consistently struggled, and they've struggled for a prolonged period of time. If this team is going to advance, if they are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, it is going to be because they put together a complete 
effort on the offensive side. Patrick Mahomes continuing what he's done so far in the postseason, not turning the football over, being incredibly accurate, smart, running on third down with necessary. It's going to be because Isaiah Pacheco gets 15 or more carries in this game, and you're going to need a big contribution from Rasee Rice, Travis Kelsey, and you're probably going to need one to two others to step up and make a big play. In the game against Buffalo, you got the third longest run of his career from Clyde Everett-Hilaire, and you got 60 yards receiving from MVS. You are going to need a couple of guys to step up potentially in this game and help flip the field and help make big plays for your offense going up against the number one scoring defense in the National Football League. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41. We'll do a little bit of championship round, true or false. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Aaron Ladd is going to join us here coming up momentarily. I want to read this text really quickly and play some audio from Lamar Jackson before we're joined by Aaron Ladd. Hey, CDOT, I think this game is as even as last week's game. I believe it will be a coin flip game, but the narrative that is being pushed that Baltimore is way better, I don't think is a fair one. This is where I think the narrative comes from with Baltimore this season. Baltimore scored more points than any team in the National Football League this year, and they allowed the fewest points of any team in the National Football League. In terms of just raw data, this is the best offense and defense in the National Football League. I also think that the narrative comes from really two things that happened over the course of the regular season. I think the entire tone around Baltimore changed when they went out and beat San Francisco in the fashion in which they did. 
Going into that game, it was Niners, Niners, Niners. Hey, when the Niners are healthy, they're by far and away the best team in the National Football League. You remember, Baltimore was a underdog in that game. Going into that game, Brock Purdy was the favorite to win NFL MVP. And then the Ravens went in there and they beat him 33 to 19 and really dominated and controlled that game. And that's when the tone around the Ravens switched. They then the next week beat the Dolphins 56 to 19. Since then, everybody has been on board with the fact that the Ravens are the best team in the National Football League. I also think that the tone around Baltimore this season stems from the fact of in every game that they lost this year, they had a lead in the fourth quarter. Now, I think you could say something very similar about Kansas City. Now, they didn't have a lead in the fourth quarter of all these games, but the Chiefs didn't really get beat by anyone. For the most part, it was a drop or a key turnover or a mistake that usually was the difference in the game. I at least understand the tone that is around Baltimore coming into this game. This is a really, really good team. I made a list, and we'll talk about it later in the week, of how I would rank the teams that Kansas City has played in the postseason and what my one through five would be. I think this is a really, really good team. I think they are certainly beatable. I look at this offense as not, even though they scored more points than everybody else, I don't look at them as overpowering like there's not anything that Kansas City can't stop. I think that Kansas City is going to be able to limit the passing game. Last week, they held every every Buffalo pass catcher under 60 yards. I think they're going to be able to maintain Zay Flowers. I think they're going to be able to maintain Odell Beckham. The big thing with Kansas City is going to be stopping the run. Baltimore runs at 180 yards a game. And obviously, it's not just Justice Hill. It's not just the running backs. It's Lamar and it's containment. I think in this game, if you could pick one of them to be healthy in this game, between Joe Tooney and Willie Gay, I think you would pick Willie Gay. I think it will be very, very difficult to win this game if you don't have him. Mark Andrews is coming back in this game, so you're going to have two capable tight ends with Likely and Mark Andrews and their ability to run the football, keeping Lamar in the pocket and just limiting his off-script runs. There's going to be some design runs in which he's going to have success, but what really, really hurts teams is it's third and 11, everybody is accounted for, and then Lamar takes off for 27 yards down the field. you got to limit those plays if you're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. I look to my right, and we are joined in studio by one of the most dapper individuals that I know. He's been killing the playoff coverage. Wow. Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41. Aaron, how you doing today, my you man? Know, how you doing, throughout man? Throughout the season, you steadily stepped up the respect. Preseason, it was like, oh, we got a guy who – Covers the Chiefs every once in a while. Last We're year. We're letting him intern for New a year, new me. You know what? <laughs> let's leave last year in the past and let's continue to move forward building our relationship. I appreciate it, Big Dot. Good to be here, man. Big game this weekend. What's the thing that impressed you the most about the Chiefs win over Buffalo? Most complete win, bar none. And it's got to be the offense. I, I don't think that I'm saying anything earth-shattering by saying their offense put together the best stretch of football that we've seen this year, period, if you consider the opponent, if you consider the stakes, if you consider going on the road and all that narrative, uh, if you, if McCole Hartman holds on to the ball there, we're talking about a 10-point game, Dot. This is not a, yes, I know Buffalo was had the rest disadvantage, and yes, I know their kicker missed the kick at the end, but talking specifically from a Kansas City perspective, we were questioning if their offense could string together multiple touchdown drives. We were wondering how they could keep a team under 25 points, and they go out there and put 27 on the board. 
Well, the thing that stood out to me, and I don't know if you touched on this in your open, I was driving in, trying to rush in, dodging the geese in the 610 parking lot. Uh, Andy Reid talked about emptying the chart, and that being something that him and Matt Nagy made a concerted effort to do going into the game. That was something new. I know that maybe many people had theories and were saying, hey, they're still holding some things back, or maybe there's different wrinkles to the offense that we haven't seen yet. Andy Reid giving voice to that and saying maybe that's why they were successful in Buffalo was something new, and maybe it shows me in Baltimore that they can show looks, they can show schemes, and they have a different way to attack than we haven't seen this year with this unit. I don't think that Kansas City is that different. Like, I've been on a couple of shows. I'm sure you have over the last couple of days. I don't think that Kansas City is that different. Hmm. I think they've improved in the three areas that has hurt them the most. Penalties, Drops, penalties, and turnovers. Drops, penalties, and turnovers. That is what hurt this team. They could have beat Detroit. They had a big drop. They could have beat Philadelphia. They could have beat Green Bay. They have been right there in all of these games. This wasn't a perfect game by Kansas City by any means. Kansas City didn't score the final 14 minutes of this game. Kansas City had a turnover right there on the red zone. Kansas City kicked two field goals. They were still bad in the red zone. There's still things you can pick. A hundred percent. But they are much better at the drops. Some of that is they quit throwing to the others. So sure. they're, they're better at drops. They had two penalties and they only had one turnover in the game. And they ended up getting that right back basically because they got a three and out. I would say that Buffalo had a turnover by you going for a fake punt on four and five <sighs> and it getting stopped. I know it doesn't go down on the books as a turnover. Is. That yeah. is a turnover. So you are no longer losing the turnover differential. Drops aren't killing you the way that they have. And you only had two penalties. I think this is the same Chiefs team, just a little bit improved. This is the same person you fell in love with. You just got a makeover at the store. I think the question marks were, could they do it, though? We hear this flip the switch mentality. That, to me, is just such a nothing burger, because what does that actually mean? Do the Does Andy Reid go back into the locker room and say, all right, guys, we haven't been playing for real now. We've had the drops. We've had the penalties. We've had the turnovers. Now let's turn it up with us. Like, no, our questions going into Buffalo were, could they actually do it? Do they have the personnel to be able to pull it off? Yes, the, the ingredients were there. But could they actually make a meal with the clock running and down a score and needing to make it happen? I think a lot of people, and I was in this boat too, I, I had to see it first. I, you, had, you had to do it against somebody who was worth their salt. I could poke holes in the Miami win as well and say, hey, I mean, it was Tua and it was freezing cold out there. I don't know how much of a quality win this is. But the Buffalo, what I take away from that is they did it against a good team. They did it when it mattered the most. And they can, quote, unquote, flip that switch and turn away some of the drops, penalties, and turnovers that that ailed them in the regular season. What worries you most about Baltimore? Their run game, man. The the splits. And we talked about this on Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just dropped episode 74 in your podcast feeds. Baltimore. Can you imagine episode 75 and you're getting ready for another G Super Bowl? It's almost fate. It's almost poetic justice right there. That is special, right? We talked about the splits on last night's episode. Baltimore, number one in rushing attempts, 30th in pass attempts. And you mentioned it's not just uh, Justice Hill and not just Gus Edwards, but the versatility that they can turn Lamar into a runner as well. The Chiefs did not do well with Josh Allen as a runner in the first half against uh, Buffalo. I mean, like you can credit Steve Spagnuolo for the adjustments that he made, how he was able to shut them down in the second half. Josh didn't look as comfortable, was t- starting to turn some of those runs in the first half into uh, tough and contested passes in the second. But if KC can batten down the hatches and say, because I'm not really worried about a Zay Flowers, 
I'm not really worried about an Odell Beckham Jr. That's not. I'm not really, worried about any of their pass. That's catchers. not who really keeps me up at night. It's about Lamar getting into the second level or somebody missing a tackle, and then he's got 30 yards of green grass, and it goes from a situation where they're probably going to punt to a situation where they got they're in field goal range. If you think about the matchup of Lamar and and Mahomes, the Lamar and the Mahomes of the special teams game are matching up in this one. Justin Tucker versus uh versus Harrison Bucker. Those two can make pretty much anything once you get on the right side of the logo. The running game is the biggest thing that worries me. I mean, I would say of all the teams that Kansas City has played this season, this is probably the team that maybe understands who they are better than any of them. This is a old school, we want to run the ball, we want to play really good defense, our quarterback will make plays when necessary. It looks a lot different than teams that we kind of put in that category. But you just mentioned, if you're 30th in pass attempts, it is a pass when necessary. When they really started to really take shape in the second half against Houston last week, it was not because they were throwing the ball effectively. It was because Houston had no chance of stopping the run. Justice Hill ran the ball incredibly effectively. Lamar, they ran that little bootleg play where they basically treated Ronnie Stanley like their fullback. And it was just, hey, you decide which way you want to go. Like, you put your hand on his back. You want to go right. You want to go left. They, They scored their last touchdown of the game with that play. That's probably what bothers me, I guess worries me the most about this is Lamar's escapability and also using that play action with now the return of Mark Andrews. This could just be a game where Mark Andrews has eight catches for 64 yards and just over the middle of the field, third and five, you throw it to Mark Andrews to get seven yards. I think that especially could burn you in the short yardage situation. Like I'm thinking third and three, third and four or less. You're thinking two down mentality there if you're Baltimore on offense in this in this uh, opportunity or what we're talking about here. Then also Lamar with his legs. That I think about the last time that the Chiefs played Baltimore in uh, played Baltimore in Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. That was one of the Clyde games where he had some success. Lamar was very good right up against the goal line with his legs. They turned him into another option there. It's not just about what he can do in the open field, but in those short yarded situations where you're trying to do hat on a hat and try to account for guys. There's no, I mean, Willie Gay can be out there and healthy 100%. I don't know if he's a perfect match, if anybody's a perfect match for Lamar Jackson, the way he's been playing this year. Well, you know what? Last week we did this in the Chiefs one, so we're going to try it All again. Right, sure. We are going to do playoff true or false and just get a feeling of how you are feeling heading into the NFL's version of the Final Four. Rob, hit me with some tunes. First true false. People are overreacting about Brock Purdy's start against the Green Bay Packers. People are overreacting about Brock Purdy's start Saturday night against the Green Bay Packers. True or false? True. I saw your your post on X about this, talking about, oh, Brock Purdy hasn't made a, a good throw in at least 40 minutes. Like, this is who Brock Purdy is. I don't know if we were surprised if we were expecting him to turn into Lamar Jackson overnight. He looked uncomfortable. This is what Kyle Shanahan does. First for almost the entire second half of the it game. It was raining. He tried to do the glove thing. Then he went no glove. Also, if you're taking away Debo Samuel from him for the majority of the game, yeah, he's going to look uncomfortable. I, I think this is who Brock Purdy is. I think Shanahan has worked his magic with a lot less. I'm, I'm not overreacting to what Brock Purdy did. This is what he's been his whole career. I'm going to go with false. This Hmm. is why I think it's false. As much as it's about controlling the line of scrimmage and running the football and doing all those things, it is a quarterback league. And and can your quarterback make plays on third and five, third and six to convert first downs? 
I lost a lot of confidence in Brock Purdy's ability to do this. He didn't play well last season against the Cowboys in that postseason game. He just went up against playoff Dak Prescott, who is an even worse playoff quarterback than Brock Purdy is. Of all the teams that we have seen play so far in the postseason, my opinion has changed the most about San Francisco. I don't look at their defense as good as it, I thought it was, and I don't look at Brock Purdy in their quarterback position. You were telling me now, it is now down to a four-team single elimination yes, tournament. Correct. The team with the worst quarterback is going to win this tournament, and they also don't have the best defense. I got to go with no. I don't think people are overreacting about Brock Purdy's start against the Green Bay Packers. Rob, where are you at? True or false? I'm with you, man. I, Ugh. You remember this season, I have been down on Bush Lightboy. I have not been a believer that Mr. Game Manager was an MVP or was that kind of player. The moment got a little brighter, the windows got a little tighter, and he turned back into a pumpkin. He made one great drive. Cool. I'm not believing in Brock Purdy. I haven't in week 10. I won't in week 20. Aaron Ladd. True or false, the Detroit Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Wow, you're really hammering the NFC over here. Um, I'm going to go true. Why not? By your by your metric, they have the better quarterback. I do think they, they have, have the a better defense that's in a similar ilk. I think they've got a lot of the uh, a lot of the momentum and the good juju behind them. I was not a believer in Dan Campbell for a very very long time, but I have had to eat my words on that one. They're motivated. They're playing well. Uh, sure, I'll take them. Why not? I am picking the Detroit Lions to win this game as well. I'm going to be really intrigued to see how Debo Samuel looks. He probably plays in this game. Was it 50-50, I think, was one of the reports? He probably tries to give it a go. They're all going to try and give it a go. We have seen enough Brock Purdy to know that there are two different versions of Brock You're Purdy. You're really out on Brock Purdy after that? I'm out on you winning a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy like, as your starting quarterback. It's like you never watched him before this week, and you're like, oh, this is that Brock Purdy guy that they've been talking about. Like, yeah, he's, he's kind of mid, C-Dot. I've been defending Brock Purdy all season. I felt like people jumped on him unnecessarily. But you haven't been watching him. You've been defending him sight unseen. I have been watching him. <laughs> I'm saying is, on the AFC side, we got four total MVPs. We got Jared Goff, who was the number one overall pick and has played in a Super Bowl before. And if there is any team that I know is going to be unafraid to go on the road against San Francisco, it's going to be the Dan Campbell-led team. Biting kneecaps. And then you got Brock Purdy. You got Brock Purdy minus Debo Samuel. I'm taking the lines, man. If there's, if there's one thing I know, if there's one thing I am certain about in the championship round, I know the Lions can score. I know they will score in this game. Can San Francisco score 27 or 31 points in this game with Brock Purdy as their starting quarterback? I'm taking the Lions to go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't feel right to pick the Lions to go to the Super Bowl. It's the Lions, you know, just like you couldn't pick the Cubs to win the World Series for the longest time. I think the Lions are winning on Sunday, man. Christian McCaffrey looks like a guy who is ailing. I mean, every time you get a sideline shot of him, they're working on his leg, his calf, his knee, his thigh. I wonder what that guy's dealing with this time of year. I mean, come on now. Restore the roar. The Lions are real. And what does Sean Barber always tell us about the NFL? It's a line of scrimmage game. Mm. That D line of the Lions, I think, can pose problems for the O line of the Niners. And that O line of the Lions, you talk about Ronnie Stanley out in space. Woo! Panay Sewell loves to maul people. It's fun to watch. I like the Lions to restore the roar and head to Vegas. Let's get to the AFC side. True or false? Isaiah Pacheco runs for the most yards on Sunday. 
most yards of anyone. Of anybody in the game, Isaiah Pacheco is the leading rusher in the AFC Championship game. True or false? I'll take false on that. Just playing a numbers game. Uh, a lot of runners in this game. If you consider Edwards, if you consider Justice Hill, of course, Lamar Jackson. Pat's thrown in his legs from time to time. I'll just play a numbers game there and say false. Can the Chiefs win this game if Isaiah Pacheco was not the leading rusher in the game? The Chiefs have shown us a propensity to win in a couple of different ways. I think as long as Pacheco gets into the end zone, they they win. But, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with yes here. You think he's the leading rusher? I think I think yes. Uh, uh, above a uh, Lamar Jackson, above a uh, Justice Hill, above a uh, Gus Edwards. Yeah, put me down for... 18 carries for like 85 yards That's from Isaiah right. Pacheco in this game. And I think the Chiefs hold Lamar under 100 yards in this game. Justice Hill, I think, is going to have a good game. But I don't think he's going to run for 80, 90 yards in this game. He probably runs for like 40 or 50 or so. Same thing with Gus Edwards. Outside of the Chiefs, I mean, Mahomes is certainly mobile. I mean, he's not running for 80 or yeah. 90 in this game. The most he gets you 40 because he gets one big run. They get you one huge chunk in 30 yards. I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with true. Isaiah Pacheco leads this game in rushing. I think you're betting game script when you do this, and then you're also betting Casey's commitment to the run. Like, at what point in the game, I think, of course, his numbers at the end are inflated because he gets the extra. They need to close out the game, that type of thing. What is the game script? How committed is Casey to the run? That's what I'm thinking about with this one. I think that's the only game script that Kansas City can really win this game. I think... I think that Kansas City has finally listened to the criticisms when it comes to they their listen offense. to the drive, finally. A hundred percent. Andy Reid just clicked on. He's like, oh, you know. I have been Let's telling this them. Guy's got. I've been telling them for weeks. Stop throwing it to Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Stop throwing it to Sky Moore. You were making fun of me because every week I had a stat telling you how Sky Moore was not nasty. good. He's gone. Their offense is flourishing. I kept saying, hey, run the ball more. Run the ball more. Commit to running the football more. They've done all of that. They're not, you said they played the most complete game. Their defense was not any different than what it's been. They finally figured it out offensively. They finally trimmed the fat. We're not given seven opportunities a game to Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore. They stopped throwing it to Justin. Justin, Justin Watson had 11 targets against the Philadelphia Eagles. 11. They threw it. I don't know if they've thrown it to him 11 times since the Eagles game. They listen. Justin Watson has been a reliable target when called upon. The thing now, if, if you're not Rice, Pacheco, or Kelsey, you got to make your play when the ball comes to you. Like when Mahomes threw it to, to MVS on that first play of the third quarter. If he didn't catch it, he wouldn't get the ball it, ever again. It basically stuck to his helmet to where he had no choice but to catch it. Do you think that McCall Harbin gets another touch in the postseason? Yes. You think they give it to him on Sunday? Like a pass or like a end around jet sweep type of play? Do you think he gets another opportunity on offense? True. True. Okay. <laughs> True. There we go. True. Yeah. They need somebody with the speed. Nick Jacobs does a great job with the coaches filming the breakdown. Like his magnetism. Now that's dependent on the defense. Of he ain't course. got no magnetism with holding on to the ball. <laughs> but his magnetism <laughs> his, to what he can do for the defense. Actually, his hands opened, ain't a magnet. Opened up that uh, Kelsey touchdown, the wide open one. Boy, doesn't that sound like the Sammy Watkins defense from a few years ago? If you watch the All-22, they're just really covering him. They really, they really just can't stop covering the guy who can't catch. He's a decoy. I've got one more true-false for you. Let's hear it. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is the most important skill position player in the AFC Championship game. False. Rasheed Rice. Ooh, that's a good one. I think Rasheed Rice is the most important offensive player for Kansas City right now. I think it's Isaiah Pacheco. I think if Isaiah Pacheco has a good game, the Chiefs win. 
Isaiah Pacheco can have over 100 yards, but if Rasheed Rice has in the under 50, they don't win. Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. I I, I, I'm just I'm watching this team, and you and I both know if this is a game script in which Patrick Mahomes has to throw it 47 times because oh, no, they got no way. because they got 11 carries for 37 yards from Isaiah Pacheco. I don't think the Chiefs win that game. I don't think that's the kind of game that they win. I think you probably need right, 70 or more yards from Isaiah Pacheco. That means you're really effective in the run game. That means you remain balanced over the course of the day, which opened things up for Patrick Mahomes to be Patrick Mahomes. This isn't a game to me that Pat can win by himself. Because if Rasheed Rice is under 70, even if he's under 60, what what did you get as a whole from that wide receiver room that day? Like that's that's he is the production from that room. The yak yards, what he can do with his magnetism. Thank you, Rob. That's where I see his importance. You know um, what I'm going to look up whenever you leave. I can maybe do this on the other side. I want to look up the jet sweep for the Chiefs because I'm going to guess for as often as we say the jet sweep, the Chiefs probably gained 17 yards this season from wide receiver rushing. So why we are so. And I'm part of it too. That play oh, actually they got worked. this gadget guy, this X Factor guy. They don't have that guy on their team, and that's fine. They don't need that guy on their team. I'm going to look up rushing attempts from wide receivers this year, and I guarantee you, for as much as we talk about the gadget player, they got 15 yards of offense this year from that role. The plan is to get your most athletic guys in space with that play call. Yeah, you know ideally, who that is? Ideally, Rice on a screen play. Ideally, it's Kadarius Tony running that. because Patrick Mahomes on third down. That's one of your most athletic people. Great athlete, just a subpar football player. You see Clyde Edwards Hilaire out there running over, running by people. Hustling. Contract year undefeated. That's Nurse Clyde. He can't wait to be a backup for the Tennessee Titans next year, man. Salute to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, man. Salute to him. All right, Aaron Ladd, (laughs) we have another draft ready for you. Every week in the postseason, we have had a draft, and I've dominated you in the draft. No, you have not. We have one more draft for you (laughs) as we get ready for the AFC Championship game. I'll tell you the rules on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to be joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Aaron Ladd is here. Aaron Ladd is tired 
of me beating him in these drafts. He is trying to bring in reinforcements. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring in reinforcements. So we have done worst cities to live in draft. I won that We one. did best cities to visit but not live. You wouldn't let me go international. Well, now we are doing a draft that is very Baltimore-centric. You know, the Baltimore is known for its seafood. So we are going to draft our favorite seafood dishes. Okay. Now, I know you're going to ask for some questions and some <laughs> clarification. If you take shrimp fried rice, so it has to, the dish has to include seafood. Okay. That is different than you taking shrimp lo mein. Those are not the same meals. If you take crab legs, that's different than crab cakes. There are different kinds of food. With the buffalo wing draft, it was a little convoluted. You know what? It happens. You know what? And I apologize to you for that. You know what? I apologize. (laughs) I apologize. But all right. So Spectre is here. He is ready to participate. He has the fourth pick in the draft. I have the first pick. Aaron Ladd has the second pick. Rob has the third pick, and Steven Spector has the fourth and pick, uh, fifth pick in the snake-style draft. We are doing seafood dishes. Your food has to include seafood. Rob, hit the music. I'm feeling great about this. You know what I'm going to take with the number one overall pick? I am going to take an old classic surf and turf. Well, wow, that was not what I expected. I'm gonna go a little surf and turf. Give What's me a, your surf. Give me a nice eight ounce sirloin okay. with a nice turf. Couple shrimp, maybe a lobster. No, tail. no, 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 no. You don't get you don't get your pick of the litter from the sea. <laughs> you have to when you order the surf and turf, they don't just say, he Hey, you get already. all the fish in the world, go crazy. Tell me what your pick is on the surf side. Lobster tail. Okay. I'm going eight ounce sirloin with the lobster tail. Rob, can we take people behind the scenes? That was not his pick two hours ago in the office. He changed it. Someone else came up with surf and turf, and that person was me. <laughs> well, you and now you're taking it before. first overall. <laughs> you know what? I was watching ESPN. I saw Mel Kuyper project where you were going on the board, and I beat you on the board. It's not your turn. Aaron Ladd, it is now your turn in the seafood draft. I love where I'm sitting here. Can just benefit straight from CDOT's mistake. I'm going honey glazed salmon, second overall. Salmon can be beautiful in many different forms. It's like potatoes. But I love the honey glazed version. I'm going honey glazed salmon at number two. That's a reach. You could have got salmon in round three. How? You could have got salmon in round three. Salmon's not making That's it. That's a reach. Round. You just drafted Deion Jordan with the yeah, second overall pick. Reach. You got You got a very mediocre corner in the second overall pick. You got Damon Arnett in the second round. Best That's available. Pick. We, we terrible, were best available. Terrible pick. Rob, where are you at? Your food has to include seafood. Mike Mayock over there took salmon in round one. <laughs> salmon? <laughs> I'll be taking shrimp and grits with the third overall pick. Mm, That's a good one. An elite dish. Better than salmon. Nice. Shrimp and grits is a, a great pick. If grits is elite. I love shrimp and grits. I, I, okay. love, I like that pick. All right. So I get back-to-back here, correct? You do get back-to-back picks. Everything's on the board for me. All right. Close out the first round. A good lobster roll. Okay. A little lobster roll. Don't mind a lobster roll here. Love a good lobster roll. Top of round two, I get shrimp tacos. Nobody took shrimp tacos in the first round. I do love a good shrimp shrimp taco. Round two, pick one, Michael Pittman Jr. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. You guys took CEH. All right, Rob, you have shrimp and grits oh, here. Wow. I'll be taking gumbo with my second oh, round pick. Snaked me. Gumbo. Gumbo. Better than Aaron's first round That's what round I'm saying. Pack. Right now, would you rather have the best gumbo you ever had or the best salmon you ever had? Salmon You'd rather so have versatile. Honey glazed salmon. Whoa. Salmon? Salmon's so versatile. Pair it with rice. You, pair you it with seem potatoes. like the guy that goes to Hereford House and orders salmon. You seem like the type. Salmon is fantastic. No, I, okay, go ahead. And this is going to reveal a lot of personal preferences. I'm not a shrimp guy, so a lot of the shrimp dishes are going to go right past me. Go ahead. Uh, Where are you at? I'm going to go with a... Crawfish boil. Okay, crawfish. You know, with the potatoes yeah, that's and the, the, that the ear of corn that's in there. You lay the whole pot out. You get the newspaper down. With a crawfish boil for my oh, That's a lot of work for not a lot yeah, of meat. A, a crawfish? Okay. That's a cardio workout. I just... I, you guys left me crab legs in the second round? Oh, I'll take crab legs here. This is a... I, I, I ran to the podium to pick up crab legs here. <laughs> Absolutely ran to go pick up crab legs. Number nine. I know I get back to back picks. I have okay. the first pick. All right. Yeah, he went, he's going eight, nine. Okay. You know what? I haven't seen any pasta. I'm going to go with some shrimp Alfredo here. Ugh. I'm going to go with shrimp mm. Alfredo here. You got a lesser Alfredo. That's yeah. what we got. Nobody takes shrimp Alfredo over chicken Alfredo. Mm. I'd rather have the shrimp Alfredo. So if you guys just uh, tuned in, we are doing a seafood draft. Because of Baltimore, you have to take a food that includes seafood. I have a good surf and turf, crab legs, and shrimp alfredo. Rob has uh, shrimp and grits and gumbo. Aaron has salmon and a crawfish boil. Speck has a lobster roll and shrimp tacos. Aaron, I don't even want to know where you're about to go with your pick. I don't want to know. Crab cakes, it's easy. They stayed around for way too long, so I'll snake them and redeem my draft class. Crab cakes, delicious. Can't wait to have some in Baltimore this weekend. You should have got crab cakes with the number two overall value, pick. Value. And you could have got salmon in the third. No, none of us were going salmon. Value. <laughs> none of us were going salmon. You did salmon. just draft Travis Kelsey with like the 87th <laughs> pick. Yeah, so that's, a great, that's a great pick. That's a great third round pick. You could have had it two rounds ago. Yeah. And salmon would have still been here. I'll be taking shrimp fried rice. Ooh, that's a good one. You're telling me a shrimp fried this rice? Yeah, shrimp fried rice. That's a good one. I love it. I can't even. I would love to hate on you. I mean, you've had a solid draft. Aaron skipping all the shrimp courses has really been great for me. Just the strong oh, draft. Shrimp, shrimp is hit or miss. Like sometimes you get a stringy. Oh yeah, because salmon's or, always yeah. fire. Salmon is hit or miss. The salmon is always fire. I was. I'm throwing the salmon back. Like, I, if I was a fisherman, I went out there and I caught salmon. I'm giving it back. Salmon is one of those meals, also that can, you can cook really easily. So I've eaten salmon. For I know. Life. That's why I can't believe you treated it like yeah, a we're premium going to a restaurant. product. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you treated it like premium. All right, Spec, you get your last so I, two. picks I close here. out my draft here, right? Yeah, yeah. You get two final picks here. This is our seafood draft. You have to draft a seafood dish. Okay. Uh, closing out round three. An area that I know is near and dear to your heart, a New Orleans shrimp po' boy. Mm. I love a po' boy. Oh, Who I doesn't love a, good, love a good po' boy? I love a po' boy. And to close out and start the fourth round, good old fashioned jambalaya. All right, you had a you had a strong draft. I too. got lobster. I got shrimp. I got shrimp, and then I got everything that comes with jambalaya. Versatile. Oh. That was good. That was a strong, strong, one strong draft from you. Really strong draft. I'm ex- I, 
Now, really quick, now that I'm thinking about Salmon would have went undrafted if yeah. you hadn't said I'm, I'm not taking Salmon oh. at all. I don't know if Salmon's a top 25 seafood oh dish. Oh, my goodness. Like right, right now, if you were if you were going out to eat, would you rather have the best lobster mac and cheese you've ever had or the best salmon you've ever had? Salmon, 100 times okay. out of 100. Are you on a diet? That's the, that's the only thing that makes sense right now. Lobster, well, I'm not big dot, so I can't always <laughs> afford I can't always afford lobster whenever I'm going out. And salmon hits. The lad army is very strong on the text line right now. First off, please never say lad army ever again on this show. All right? The lad army. I'm going to try to nip that in the bud. That's going to end up in an open next year. Let's just, let's just kill that as fast as we can. The lad army is four people. All right, Rob, where are you taking? My final draft pick, I'll be taking oysters on the half shell. Eh. Mitchell now Schwartz's that favorite. Sat there. That's you're not- telling me you were taking oysters over salmon? Yes. yes. He didn't even get the best kind of oyster. You got to charbroil them bad boys. No. You, didn't even take, you just took the regular raw oyster? You guys are crazy. Somebody oysters ain't been are in disgusting. New I know you had the bubble guts after you ate the I was oysters. in between Rockefeller and on the half shell, but half shell's just better. I'm taking the char grilled. All right. Aaron, I, I don't want to know where you're going to go. Here comes a nice you white really fish. You really only have one good Ceviche? Pick. Are you taking ceviche? <laughs> Scallops. There's a lot of re- really good options left. But, Speck, you got me on this. And this is something I get every time I go to New Orleans. My mom's side of the family is from New Orleans. A fried catfish po' boy is absolutely delicious. I do like that. I'll take out my uh, final my final pick of this draft. Have you guys ever had alligator in New Orleans? I have. I think alligator is really good. I'm 100% with you. Have you ever had alligator? Never had alligator. Does that alligator. Kind of- that kind of see, I'm not saying you're going to pick it. Is that kind of seafood? That's a reptile. It's different, no, right? No, I count that as seafood. I, that's, I, I that's, count alligator it's, as seafood. It's from a body of water. I count <laughs> alligator as seafood. <laughs> I count alligator as seafood. You know what? You want to talk about value here. I will take a nice shrimp tempura sushi roll here. I will take a good sushi roll here. I Great, great value here. Phenomenal. How, many, how many shrimp dishes do you have, though? You're not very versatile in your draft. <laughs> I got you two. I got, I got shrimp. shrimp Alfredo, and I got a shrimp tempura roll. I got crab legs, and I got the surf and turf. What a meal. I'm thrilled with the meal that I got. Lad Army, we see you. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Aaron. You came in last place. I mean, let's just go ahead and be honest here. I don't know if I would eat in your restaurant. It would probably get closed in about seven months. Salmon, honey glazed salmon. Crawfish I do like boil. how you specified the way it's cooked. Like it was gonna go <laughs> like at any that point. Was, like that was the oh, difference. Thank goodness. <laughs> like that was the difference. Crab cakes Hun- and the honey glazed boy. salmon. It's still average. It's still salmon. I, I cannot believe there's this much hate for salmon. I think I'm gonna have to. It, I it, really it. like salmon. It's just not in the top fifteen. Salmon's really good. She's versatile. No, you're right. You drafted Dak Prescott with the second overall pick. That's you know what? You got a good quarterback. None of us hate salmon. You just completely overdrafted salmon. We got Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Broad coming up next. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.